message that I have this morning. Um, And it's found in Numbers 11 in chapter 1. Numbers 11 in in verse number 1. Did I say chapter 1? Numbers 11, verse number 1. We'll be reading down to verse number 6. And then we will be stepping into Proverbs toward the end of our message. Proverbs 7 and verse number 1. And we're going to spend some time there because there's some very powerful things that I feel like the Lord has showed me that applies to this message. The title of this message is called A Place Called Tabara. Tabara. In Numbers chapter 11, verse 1, reads like this. It says, And when the people complained... It displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. And the people cried unto Moses, and when Moses prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched. Could you imagine? And he called the name of that place Tabara, or Tabera, because the fire of the Lord burnt among them. And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting, And the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all besides this manna before our eyes. Wow. Jesus, I ask you to help these lips of clay this morning. I also pray for the people this morning, God, that you would Help us to open our minds and receive the seed so we can grow and learn thereby. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Why don't you raise your hands one more time. Thank him for where you are. Thank him for what he's doing in your life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.
you, brother. You may be seated. Stay with me this morning. Upon arriving at this place called Tibera, the Bible says the children of Israel complained because they were simply not happy in their walk with the Lord. Tibera means or it's defined as burning because the fire of the Lord had burned with anger. But Tibera often denotes something else. It denotes the removal of evil, rebellion. You could say it's a place of purification, if you would. Tibera was a place in the wilderness of Paran, the Bible says, where the Israelites encamped. It was at Tibera, as we read, where God consumed the murmurers. And here's the point. When someone who claims to be a child of God is always complaining of why they can't have it their own way. Their actions, how they act, that could involve their attitude, how they talk. I guess we could sit here a long time and go through what actions really mean, but it implies that they were just not, they were not satisfied with the blessings of God in their life. If you look deep into the story, eventually because of this dissatisfaction, they slowly gravitated to the outskirts of the camp or the church. And when their trials began to heat up, especially in the church, you see a lot of people that experience what we call burnout. Why does burnout enter in? And it's simply because they're not satisfied, they complain. They don't understand what God is doing and where God has led them to. They didn't show up there on their own. It was under the direction of the Lord. Now the Bible is very clear, very clear in that the Lord does not like sin. In fact, Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 says, For we all, 
have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so according to Romans 3 and 23, we were all born with a sin nature. And we cannot get away from the fact that every one of us were born sinners. In saying that, does the scripture imply or does the scripture mean that God hates people? No, God doesn't hate people. God hates sin. Why? Because it was sin that caused a division between a holy God and God's prized possession. Who is God's prized possession? It's you. So where or how does this sin nature begin to manifest in a person's life? Well, we find the answer really in the book of Numbers, chapter 11, where it says, and when the people complained. There's something about complaining. Complaining is telling God that we are not satisfied with God or with what God is doing in our lives, what God has provided, this drives God crazy. In fact, the Bible says complaining displeases the Lord. Displeases the Lord. He's not happy when we complain. Now, if we don't believe that God is listening, we have another thing coming because the Bible says in verse 1, the Lord heard when the people started to grumble and when the people started to complain and God's fire, God's anger was kindled. He was mad. He got hot. meaning God was set on fire. Now, I must say that when I'm displeasing with my wife, the last thing I want to see is flame shooting out of her eyeballs. Nothing worse than a brawling woman, a woman that's mad at you. So I don't like it when she's displeased at me. And for the people of God here in Numbers 11, they felt the heat of God's fire so much that they were afraid. The Bible says they were afraid. And it's interesting to note that the fear that the people had, it limited God's people from seeking God on their own. They did not want to approach God for themselves. They did not understand why God brought them to this place. And sometimes God brings us to places in our journey, if you will, 
so he can purge us from a doubting spirit. In fact, they were so fearful and so afraid that they wanted someone else to pray for them, like Moses, like the leader, like the pastor. And this is never God's intention for his people. God always wants the one that has the issue to approach God. That's why Jesus came, so we can boldly approach the throne of grace in time of need. You see, my friend, God's desire for his people is for me and for you to have a personal relationship. We are responsible for our own cleansing. There's nothing I can do for you but pray. You have to approach God on your own. You have to take a step and say, God, I don't understand where I am in this life, in this struggle. Can you help me? You see, God is bringing us to a place where he can purge us, but if we have the wrong attitude, we find ourselves on the outside of the camp looking in, praise God. And when God begins to purge us, amen, sometimes we can lose out with God. Sometimes we don't understand why God has us here and what God is doing in our lives. So we complain and we grumble and we gripe. Woe is me, God. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. And then he says, Fear God and keep his commandments. Everybody say that. Fear God and keep his commandments. Why? For this is the whole duty of man. This is our responsibility. This is a commandment from God. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. 14 says, For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be bad. Don't think what you're doing in the kingdom of God will go unnoticed. Don't think that God will not bring you to the surface, praise God. You might be working behind the scenes to do something great in the kingdom of God. Just because nobody acknowledges it doesn't mean that God doesn't know where you are. You see, the preacher in the book of Ecclesiastes reminds the church that when it's all said and done, when the entire matter is completed, the highest priority in life is to fear God and keep his commandments. It's the highest priority to strive for righteousness. This means it's the responsibility 
of the church body to stay in his word and keep his commandments. And when God tries to purge the little things that try to reconnect us back to our past, we can't grumble. We can't complain. We can't be dissatisfied at this place of purging where God has us. When the Israelites came out of Egypt, the Bible says they came out with a bunch of baggage. Verse 4 says this, When the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting, the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? Wow. We desire the, 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 the flesh pots of Egypt. They could never get their past out of their mind, so God could never take them into the future of what he had for them. You see, when a person does not have a made-up mind, they will always be swayed to believe a lie. Every single time. That's why Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11 says this, and he gave some apostles and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors, and some teachers. Why? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying or building up, praise God, of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge or understanding or wisdom of the Son of God. He's trying to bring us somewhere. He's trying to include everybody into this plan. Unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And then it says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men the trickery or cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. If you don't live for God, you're going to live for somebody else. It's either God or no God. Unfortunately or fortunately, however you look at it, I'm blessed, praise God, but you were born into this world and the only way you're going to get out is through a death, praise God, and then you're going to meet God at judgment, praise God. It's up to you where you want to meet God, where you want to live in eternity. It's up to you. Because they allowed themselves to be tossed to and fro. They were confused, praise God. And the Israelites, they were so confused because of this mixed multitude and these other ideas and these other forms of doctrine. They were all mixed up. The only way you're going to make it in the kingdom of God is to trust 
in God. Have patience in God's plan, praise God. James chapter 1 and verse 4 says, But let patience have her perfect work, that uh, ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And God giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given. But let him ask in faith. Believe, praise God, that God will give it to you. And if it's in his will, he will give it to you. But he won't if you waver. If you allow yourself to be tossed to and fro, praise God. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he should receive anything from the Lord. And then he closes in this. He says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. In all his ways. Been pastoring for seven years, been living for God for over 20. And I can usually tell when a person is on the outskirts because they're not thinking like they did when they first came out of slavery, when they first came out of the world. They seem to have lost their passion, the call of God that was so clear, praise God, at one point in their lives, praise God, is now faded, amen. They can no longer hear his voice, amen. They can no longer hear the voice that called them out of Egypt. The Bible says in chapter 3 of Exodus, verse 17, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt until land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Parasites and the Hivites and the Jebusites until a land flowing with milk and honey. And, it shall hearken unto, and they shall hearken unto thy voice and thou shalt come and all the elders of Israel unto the king of Egypt and ye shall say unto them, the Lord God of Hebrews has met with us. Oh, that's so awesome. Now let us go, we beseech thee. Three days journey into the wilderness that we may go and sacrifice to the Lord our God. And God told Moses, I'm sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. No, not by a mighty hand. And I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt and he will not let you go. But there's a time where he will let you go. And when he does, I will give favor to the people in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall come to pass that when you go, you shall not go out empty. But every woman shall borrow of her neighbor, and of her neighbor that sojourneth in the house jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment, and ye shall put them on your sons and upon your daughters, and ye shall spoil the Egyptians. Praise God. It was payback. It was payback for all the things that Pharaoh, amen, had, had, had put in their lives, amen. 
It was payback for all the times they were whipped by the taskmasters. You see, when the Lord released you from captivity, he blessed you with riches, amen. He gave you blessings and he gave you provisions. Why? So your sons and your daughters could prosper in this land flowing with milk. Milk is what provides strength for your journey and honey for your health. Honey is what helps your body fight all the infections that try to overtake you on this journey that God has us on. What happened? We were so excited for God. We weren't grumbling and we weren't complaining. We were so thankful that God filled me with the Holy Ghost and I was baptized in Jesus' name. But somewhere along the line, we allowed that mixed baggage that we took out of the world to cloud our vision. When we were focused on what God wants, when we are focused on what God wants, we won't get stuck on what we want. We won't give in to our desires. We won't give in to our cravings, praise God. We won't try to seek after things that satisfy our own lust. This was the battle they were fighting. They wanted some of the world and they wanted to live in the kingdom of God. And God said, no. And so when they were on the outside of the church, outside of the camp, God created a fire, amen. And those that were lingering on the outside, they were consumed by the fire. There was no way out. You can't get out of the kingdom of God. You will be consumed by fire. It's a place called hell. Can't get away from it. So you have to change your thinking. You're here in this place of blessing. You're here in this place of provision, amen. You have everything you ever need, praise God. You just have to open your eyes and understand that God loves you. You see, the people of God, they rejected the bread from heaven and craved, they desired the flesh of Egypt because they remembered the fish which they ate in Egypt freely, which it really wasn't free. They paid a price. See, many, many, many people that feed off the things of the world, they say they don't have no responsibility, but when you look at their life, it's a wreck, praise God. God is trying to draw you out of Egypt. They so complained when they said, but now our soul is dried up. There's nothing at all but this manna before our eyes. They were focused on what they used to have while they were in Egypt under the master's whips. Listen, God wants his people to focus on three areas of relationship. His word, his wisdom, and his understanding, praise God. His word will empower us to resist 
the tempter. His wisdom will help us choose the correct path. And understanding his ways will stop a complaining spirit. It will stop it dead in its tracks. And so we come to Proverbs chapter 7 and verse 1. It was so powerful when God was showing me these things. It begins like this. He says, the writer says, my son, keep my words and live. I want to say to this church today, if you stay in his word, if you fear God and keep his commandments, amen, you will live. Bind them upon thy fingers. Write them upon your heart. Say unto wisdom, thou art my sister. There's a relationship with this place of wisdom. And call understanding thy kinsmen. Wisdom and understanding is united together. It's a family, praise God. And it's yoked together by God's word. You see, wisdom and understanding will keep thee from strange women which flattereth with her words. What strange women? What is he talking about? He's talking about false teachings. He's talking about false doctrine. He goes on, and he says this in verse 6. For at the window, I have looked through the encasement. And so you picture him walking to this window that's, an in, that's encased. And he's looking beyond where he is. He's looking beyond the house, out there in a world, amen. And it's at that point where the desires and the lust and all those old things, those old thoughts, those things that you used to have a relationship way back before God met you, it's coming to fruition. It's trying to lure you out of the house of God. And there he is. Can you see him? He's looking. And the more you stand at that window, the more the lust and the temptation draws you. Don't look out the windows of desire and deceive yourself into believing the world has something bigger than what God can give you. He said, I discern among the youths void of understanding. What that means is the youth, those that are lacking in maturity, don't understand their position in God's kingdom. And so it causes them to complain, why can't I have what they have? Passing through the street, he went to her house in the evening. There he met a woman with the attire of a harlot. 
A harlot is simply a rebellious spirit and a subtle of heart. Deceit. Watch her character. The Bible says that she is loud and stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house. Now she lieth in wait on every corner. And so she caught him. He's now outside and she caught him and she kissed him with an imprudent face and said unto him, I have peace offerings with me. It's okay if you go outside. It's going to be all right. The house of God, amen. You could come and you can go. It's going to be all right. I have peace offerings with me this day, and I've paid my vows. I forth to meet thee diligently to seek thy face and have found thee. Do you know that the world diligently seeks someone to devour? The enemy diligently seeks someone to devour. Get your face out the window. Get your face out the window. Listen to this deceiving, wicked spirit. I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestry and carved works with fine linen. The spirit of deception was trying to entice this young man that lacked wisdom and understanding back Toward Egypt. And that's what this grumbling and complaining was causing the children of Israel to experience. Their desire was to desire the flesh of the world, the quails, the birds, the, the, the fowl of the air, praise God, which is all, praise God, implying the, the works of darkness, amen. And God says, no, 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 I have the bread of life. Fear God and keep my commandments. I have perfumed my bed with mirth, aloes, and cinnamons. Oh, the world, it smells good, and it's going to allure you. Let, come, let us fill our love until the morning, until this solace ourselves with loves. For the good man is not at home. He's on a long journey. In other words, when we void ourselves of God's word, we open ourselves up to the five senses of the flesh, such as touch and feel and smell and hear and see. Deception works in these ways, praise God. It'll lure you through the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, what you feel, what you touch, your emotions. Why we need to stay grounded in the word of God. He had taken a bag of money with him, she says, and will come home at a day appointed with her speech, her enticing words. She caused him to yield to think about it. 
to think about it. Wow, she sure smells good. Boy, I'd sure like to go out and just hang out there for a little bit. And that's the key. That's the trick. When he gets you to contemplate, is living for God really worth it? Is it really worth the life of struggle in God's house? And yes, it is. It's the only place that you can be. There's no alternative. There's no choice. And I want you to see something. It says, with her speech, she caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips, she forced him. And here's the downside. Watch this. The Bible says in verse 22, he went after her as an ox. An ox is someone that toils the ground. An ox is a very strong animal. They used it to harvest. They used it to dig up the ground. Very strong. Very strong. In fact, the first Hebrew letter depicts an ox or it depicts divinity. It depicts God. It's the very first letter. And because of that, this young man believed that he was strong enough, but he was led to the slaughter. And verse 23 says, to a dart striked through his liver and knoweth not that it was for his life. I've been serving God all this time and it'll be okay if I just go outside the church. It'll be okay if I just dabble a little bit. I have God in me. I have the Holy Ghost in me. I've had a lot of victories. I've plowed a lot. God has blessed me. The provisions are there. And when that spirit of seduction enters into your life, into your, 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 the area where you are, and you contemplate on it, and you're staring at the window, and you're waiting, praise God. That is a prime time where deception comes in. And if you hang around it long enough, and if you feel the touch of, the, of her lips, and you smell the, 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 the perfume, how it, how it smells, and it, it draws you and it allures you, You find yourself where this young man found himself. And so God says, hearken to me, listen to me, and attend to the words of my mouth. Let not thine heart decline to her ways, for she has cast down many wounded 
He's trying to get you when you're hurting. He's trying to get you when you don't understand. But if you stay in the word of God and understand and let his wisdom come into play in your life. Fear God and keep his commandments. For she hath cast down many wounded, yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Don't think that you're an exception. I said, don't think that you're an exception. Every one of us, every single one of us are capable of sinning. That's why we need to stay connected to the body. That's why you need to stay in the middle of the church. Don't hang around on the outside. The fire, amen, will burn you up. You will grumble. You will complain. And then you will backslide. God says, her house is the way to hell. Going down, let's stand to the chambers of death. My question for you this morning. Is simply this. Who are we giving ourselves to? Who are we giving ourselves to? Are you thinking about maybe just once Are you talking yourself into stepping outside the church? Maybe just hanging on the outskirts. That's what this young man thought. He felt like he was strong enough. God had saved him. I can do it my own way. I've had so many victories and God has blessed me in so many ways. And yet there's a graveyard full of young men and women that are void We all have problems. I got problems. You got problems. But your problems ought never to determine where God is taking you to. Don't back away from what God has in your life. 
because of your emotions, because of your feelings. Be a soldier in the kingdom of God. You think it's tough now. Wait a couple months. Wait a couple years. We could have gave this church up, sister. Nobody's coming. It's not about me. It's not about you. You are the vessel that God is using to influence somebody else. All we have is this bread. That's all you need. That's all you need. It will take care of every aspect of your life. Everything. upon your finger take it into your heart don't ever let it go you make it a priority God will make you a priority let's raise our hands want us to pray together. I want us to pray in unity. Every one of us lift our hands. I love you, Jesus. I pray for a special blessing amongst these people, God. I pray for strength, wisdom, understanding, God. I pray that we pray in the Spirit every single day of our lives. I pray, God, that you give us the courage, the ability, God, understanding that where I am there you are also in Jesus name let's give him a hand clap of praise altars are open. Amen. If you want to pray, I encourage you spend some time with the Lord. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away I give myself away so you can use me. Here's my